we revisit the Cardinals and Dodgers DH situations and see who we like on the waiver wire with opening day looming. Like death and taxes, Dodgers get a Dodger. <laughs> I have but, not had uh, three co-brews uh, yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15. On The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball 15 for Tuesday, July 14th. I'm Al Melkier. I am here with Michael Beller. And Michael, let's get right to the news here. Um, we have a little bit, uh, not much, but a little bit more clarity on the situation involving a couple of Astros. Jordan Alvarez and Jose Urquidy um, had not reported to camp, uh, but now they have been uh, placed on the 10-day uh, injured list. So we know that. We know literally, at, at least at the time of this recording, we know nothing else. Um we also know now that Jordan Hicks has opted out of the 2020 season for the Cardinals. And of course, there were already questions about when he would return um, from Tommy John's surgery. Uh, he also he uh, uh, posted a statement saying that the reason he's opting out is because of his uh, pre-existing condition of uh, type 1 diabetes. So pretty much, uh, I think everything that we've said in previous episodes about that uh, closer situation kind of kind of holds now. Uh, but I mean, uh, I guess Ryan Helsley uh, would probably be the uh, the one we would target for saves in that Cardinals bullpen. Or do, do you see it maybe a little differently? No, Helsley seems like definitely the guy. Obviously already had the inside track. Now you've got no Jordan Hicks, Giovanni Gallegos still unable to travel right now. So certainly feels like Helsley is the guy and also fits the sort of closer archetype that I like to go after in that he's not going to cost you much and certainly could hold the job for the entire season. So uh, Ryan Helsley certainly should be jumping his way up draft boards for anyone who is still going to be drafting between now and what, 10 days from now with opening day? It is, yes. Yeah, we are talking 10 days away, which it's, it's hard to believe. But um, yeah, and his name will come up again a little bit later. Um, so we, we'll get back to him. But uh, we have some other Cardinals develops, de- excuse me, some Cardinals <laughs> developments as well. Easy for me to say. Yeah, seriously. Uh, and I think this one is, uh, it's interesting and it kind of flies in the face of, I think, uh, Michael, some analysis you and I have done on some previous episodes. So you can check my, my memory here on this, but you know, we've talked about Dylan Carlson being, you know, pretty much uh, someone we could expect to play the full or or close to the full season. Uh, But uh, there was a piece uh, in MLB.com that stated that Tyler O'Neill and Lane Thomas are basically in a, uh, it might be an overstretch. It might be a stretch to say that it's a two person competition, but certainly the main candidates for the starting left field job. So we could see a path for Carlson to play uh, still maybe as a DH or forcing an outfielder to the DH spot. But um, on roster resource, for example, Matt Carpenter is listed as the, the DH there. That's certainly a, uh, a conceivable way that this could play out. So I don't know what are your, what's your thinking about Carlson at this point uh, is, does he deserve maybe a, a little bit of a downgrade or a discount in our, our rankings? Uh, Or uh, do you think that this is just going to shake out in a way that favors him uh, ultimately? I think we have to downgrade him a little bit. I mean, at at this point, we really do have to take what is being said and what is coming from the teams at face value. And maybe that will ultimately be proven untrue. But in a season that is going to be defined by uncertainty, we have to at least take what we think to be true and run with it. So I do think you have to downgrade him. I am not 
writing him off in any sort of way. Uh, the DH is going to provide a lot of opportunities. Dylan Carlson is one of the few guys, I think, who could also be a game changer. We actually talked about this on a previous uh, podcast, actually on uh, one of our Cubs podcasts and one of our Reds podcasts, not fantasy, just straight up podcasts. So check those out if you're a Cubs fan or a Reds fan uh, with Mark Saxon, our Cardinals beat writer. And he talked about the DH position being a position of opportunity and pointed to a few guys in the American League, most notably Nelson Cruz, and how it's not just the leftover best hitter, but a guy who is a great hitter regardless. And Dylan Carlson, I think, is someone who could be a, a guy who turns the DH spot into a position of opportunity for the Cardinals. So I'm not writing him off completely. I will still be going after him in my drafts. But I have to go into it eyes wide open, knowing that it could be a risk. It could be someone who maybe isn't going to get nearly as much playing time as we assumed his talent would lead him to this season. Yeah, so, you know, I think there's still a good chance he'll be up at some point. But in a 60-game season, not being there on mm-hmm. opening day does, uh, you know, mean a little bit more, I think. So I, I did think that that was an interesting development. And, look, I'm not taking the uh, results from these uh, games in, in, in training camp, these uh, intra-squat games, you know, too seriously at all. Uh, you know, they they seem fairly informal. Everybody's kind of shaking off mm-hmm. off some rust. Uh, but one result that I th- is is worth mentioning, and and I'll you know get around to explaining why uh, I'm choosing this particular p- player to pay attention to. But uh, you know, as we're speaking here, uh, Edwin Rios has already hit three home runs in intra squad games, and who knows, you know, maybe uh, later in the day it'll it'll be up to four. <laughs> but uh, he's already got three in a short time, and at least as far as I'm concerned, uh, he's been kind of on the back burner in terms of my considerations of who could DH and what is a very crowded and talented Dodgers roster. Now, the reason I'm zeroing in on Rios, I wasn't even aware of the fact that he'd already hit three home runs. I was doing one of my periodic um, StatCast leaderboard scans, and I was doing one for, uh, I was looking at sweet spot percentage, which you talked about on a recent episode, and uh, average, average exit velocity and max exit velocity. And Rios, in a granted a very limited sample in 2019, graded out really well on all of those. And I just thought, well, you know, if Matt Beatty and Kike Hernandez, if, you know, these are maybe the, the players who at least I was thinking would mainly benefit from a DH, I mean... How difficult would it be for Rios to to leapfrog them um, and and not, you know, to cast aspersions on them or or any other bench player on the Dodgers? But, I mean, Rios seems to have some some real power in his bat. He really does. And I'm not sure how hard it'll be to leapfrog them. I mean, no one who would be in that mix is going to be someone who commands the for sure every day or, you know, five out of seven games DH spot. For this Dodgers team, I do think that at the very least, though, it's going to be a mix of guys who end up filling that position for the Dodgers. So I do think there is a little bit of playing time concern for all these guys. Um, I don't think any of them is necessarily going to run away with the job. But what you like about Rios is exactly what you just said, Al, the fact that he does have some standout skills. Kike Hernandez, Matt Beatty, we basically know what these guys are. Chris Taylor, I think, could fit into that mix as well. And again, useful real-life players. Part of the reason why the Dodgers are so deep is because they have these guys who they can cycle in and out of the lineup. And sure, maybe they're not Justin Turner or Max Muncy, but it's not like you're going to this sub-replacement level player when you are getting your bench guys into your lineup. It's uh, the depth of the Dodgers that is one of their great strengths. But Edwin Rios has a standout skill being that power. And talk about adding to an already uh, just completely loaded 
lineup, if he is able to bring that power to bear in real-life games, then this becomes an even deeper lineup. And that is what brings me to why I would maybe chase him. Investment in the Dodgers offense. There's almost no bad way to get it, but it's, it's, it's a lot easier said than done, right? Cody Bellinger, you better have a top three or four pick. Mookie Betts, you better have a top five, four or six pick. Uh, Justin Turner, Max Muncie, don't need that high of a pick, but certainly guys who are sought after. Corey Seager, same goes for him. Everyone loves Gavin Lux when you are, are you know bargain basement shopping at the second base position. These are not necessarily easy guys to get. Edwin Rios is an easy line of investment in what could be one of the best, if not the very best offense in the league. You're the one who uh, who brought this table discussion to the table. Where do you think you would be going after him? Uh... 15 teamer for to be to be sure mm-hmm. to be sure yeah probably i mean i guess maybe i'd look and see where the options were in a, in a, in a 14 teamer but I, I think i definitely would start um as a shallow as a 15 team league yeah okay i think that's fair i think I, I think that's definitely fair even if you are trying to get invested in the dodgers i i do think that that's probably where rios ends up going um, you know, something that you got to love about this Dodgers team is that I bet they're so good at everything, Al, that they probably smell really good too. And they might have Hawthorne, they might not have Hawthorne, but I promise you, this team just, I mean, you look at them and you know that they smell good. But if that does not define you, and you do need a little bit of help smelling good, Hawthorne is something that you are going to want to check out. This is a company that builds a curated set of men's products just for you. Take a quick two-minute quiz. Hawthorne tells you the two colognes that are best for you, one for work, one for play. It's not just cologne, shampoo, body wash, deodorant. Hawthorne really does have it all. It's totally risk-free with free shipping and free returns. So check out Hawthorne at hawthorne.co. That's Hawthorne with an E and .co, not .com. It's like Nathaniel Hawthorne, almost like a, a, a novel for your body. Hawthorne.co. Use our promo code 15 to get 10% off your first purchase. That's hawthorne.co and use our promo code 1515 to get 10% off your first purchase, hawthorne.co. Al, as we talked about, 10 days away as you and I are recording this, as people are out there listening to it, nine or fewer days away from opening day. And you know what that means. Drum roll, waiver wire time. Derek and I are actually (laughs) starting up our waiver wire show this coming Sunday. It'll be a new edition. We should have been doing it for four months, but that's the world we live in. But now waiver wire's are open for business. You took a spin through the Top Wars Leagues to see some of the players who are available. You built a nice list for us here. Uh, I'm interested, though, to find out of these guys that you've picked out, who most jumps out at you? Well, I'm going to ask you that, too. So, uh, <laughs> And, you know, this is certainly not not a complete list by any means um, of, of players that I might make bids on when our first uh, when our first fab uh, opens up uh, but these were the ones that you know stood out that I beat the the most interested in so I'll try to narrow it down from there and first on the list here is Edwin Rios uh, he is available in this 15 team mixed league so just to you know circle back to the mm-hmm. discussion we had just a couple minutes ago but some other names and uh, here's one I know you like a lot uh, Michael Eric Thames he yep. is still out there and I mean you're going to see a pattern here because just like Thames, he has a more expanded role now with the DH and with Ryan Zimmerman uh, opting out. Uh, Aaron Hicks, he's had time to recover. He was uh, not uh, not drafted uh, back uh, way back in March, but he's still out there now. Jay Bruce, Victor Caratini, Alex Dickerson, Jake Lamb, Stephen Piscotty. And I'll throw one more out there that I, I'm almost positive DVR is not really interested in this guy. I don't know if you are, but Isaac, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, I just keep reading the hype on him 
uh, first during spring training, now during camp, uh, that he is just reportedly a, a different player, better hitter. You know, given that he's catcher eligible, maybe put a, you know, just put a buck or two down on him. So out of that group, uh, I think I would give priority probably to uh, Rios, Thames, and Dickerson. Because I just, I love the hit tool there for Dickerson. I just think that those are all really good upside plays. Oh, and I should mention Aaron Hicks, actually. Um, oh, of course. So those four. He's, in a, really he's in a different category from these guys. Yeah. I mean, Aaron so, Hicks, so you, if, if yeah, you he, knew that the season was starting in July, Aaron Hicks would have been a top 100 pick. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you're right. He stands out. But then those other three, you know, are kind of uh, a second tier after him. So uh, anybody I didn't mention that you think belongs with that group? Yeah, I'll just drive the hammer down on Eric Thames. You know where I stand on Thames. We talked about him quite a bit uh, when Ryan Zimmerman opted out. I, I'm a big Eric Thames fan. I will jump down on Isaiah kind of for Leifa as well uh, because of our own Rangers beat writer, Levi Weaver, who turned him on to me way back before everything shut down, and we were in normal spring training in March, and then again coming out this week, we have a little uh, roundtable with our beat writers, and I'll give you a little sneak peek into it um, from Levi saying that Isaiah Kainer-Falefa was having a monster spring, and that while part of it could just be Arizona, and that people have big springs, that there was evidence even back in the winter that he had recovered from the catching experiment of last year. He's not really going to do that, but you still get that catcher eligibility. Levi talking about how he has totally reshaped his body, and with all that different uh, eligibility that he brings to the table, could be someone very interesting. You've got Todd Frazier being old, Rugnet Odor being incredibly streaky. There could be some playing time for Kiner Falefa, and he seems to be someone who has the buy-in from this Rangers coaching staff as well. So I do think that he could be someone who ends up uh, having a lot to say in fantasy leagues this year. All right. Glad to finally get a little uh, IKF validation there. Uh, I'm not getting it from from our other co-host here. Uh, (laughs) All right, let's get to the pitchers here. Uh, We talked about Ryan Helsley. So understandable that he would still be out there, but I'm sure he'll be gone in the first fab. Uh, And you know what might help him uh, is the fact that Zach Britton lines up for saves now for the Yankees. And, um, you know, maybe that splits some of that saves money. Uh, So Zach Britton is available. Austin Adams is somebody I probably mentioned on some previous episodes. I am all in on Austin Adams and, and have already bid on him in my new league. Uh, so it surprised me a little bit that John Lester was uh, out on the waiver wire. Dakota mm-hmm. Hudson also. So, you know, a couple of, of uh, starters that maybe you wouldn't uh, be looking to to help you dominate in strikeouts. Um, Hudson certainly, you know, more so in that way than Lester. But, um, you know, uh, I think they're, they're both uh, – pitchers I'd be willing to uh, to try to, to add to my staff. Tony Gonsolin, uh, who could be valuable either as a starter or as a bulk reliever. Merrill Kelly, obviously uh, his uh, value now much higher than it was in March. Tyler Anderson would love to see how uh, his stuff plays up at um, Oracle Park now that he's out of Coors Field. Michael Fulmer and Carlos Rodon both coming back uh, from Tommy John surgery. So uh, out of that group, who do you like? Yeah, Merrill Kelly's an obvious one. I think Tyler Anderson is a good one as well. We've talked about Ryan Helsley and Zach Britton, why they're going to be interesting guys. I think they would have been interesting even regardless of the role changes that are coming their way on their teams. I can't quit Carlos Rodon. I mean, I know he's coming off to Tommy John, (laughs) uh, but I just feel like the talent is still there for him to be, not what we thought he was coming out of NC State, but still a very useful pitcher in a 15 team league so he's someone who if I'm getting him for you know basically free getting him for fab money I am always going to be willing to throw that sort of uh, transaction 
at a guy like Carlos Rodon and just hope that he can keep it together. And hey, this year, I think we can at least safely say he's got a strong offense at his back. So maybe he's got a little bit more win upside too. Yep, yep. And just also to mention, those of you who play score sheet, um, I know in my league, several of these uh, players, I mean, obviously not not somebody like Britain, but uh, you know, a lot of these players are are out there in uh, those uh, score sheet leagues too. And, and we've got uh, supplemental draft coming up this week. So one last thing here, of course, our featured read of the day, really neat piece by MLB Moving Averages, the importance of targeting plate appearances in 2020 fantasy baseball drafts. So, um, you know, those of you who still have to draft, that is a must read for all of you. So that's going to be all for this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. For Michael Beller, I'm Al Melkier, and we'll be right back here on Wednesday. 